Welcome to Code Whack, your podcast on America's broken healthcare system and how Medicare for All could help. I'm your host, Brenda Gazar. Why isn't there more mainstream media coverage on the real impact our for profit healthcare system has on people? What can Americans do to take back their healthcare? We recently spoke to Tom Hartman, America's number one progressive talk radio show host and author of the book, The Hidden History of American Healthcare, Why Sickness Bankrupts You and Makes Others Insanely Rich. Welcome to Code Whack, Tom. Well, thank you, Brenda. It's great to be here. So low-income Californians were recently surveyed by a commission set up by California Governor Gavin Newsom to explore options for a unified healthcare financing system in the state. To the commission's surprise, 65% of low-income residents surveyed not only want publicly financed health care, they want government-run health care. Meanwhile, a common media narrative is that Americans love their health insurance and are afraid of losing it. Do you have any thoughts on how we can get the mainstream media to report more on the real impact our for-profit system has on people? Well, as long as there are all these think tanks being funded by right-wing billionaires, that are cranking out policy papers and whatnot. This is in addition to the PR efforts of the health insurance industry. Um, but it's an ideology, the, these, this, this kind of neoliberal, libertarian, neoliberal, uh, neo-fascist, whatever you want to call it, ideology that government should never do anything other than run the army and the police, and that's it. And uh, therefore, if you're going to have a national health care system, whether it's single payer or whatever, it's socialism and it's terrible and it's the road to the Soviet Union. As long as we've got that problem, you're probably not going to hear an honest story out of the media because they're not being fed an honest story by and large. As long as, uh, you know, fewer than a quarter of high school graduates in the United States took even one single civics course in all 12 years of their education, you're not going to have people understanding what government, you know, should do or could do. What's the appropriate role of government? I'm not a socialist. I don't want government making my, I mean, as in Marxists. I don't want the government making my blue jeans or my computers, you know, like in the old Soviet Union. I used to live next door to the old Soviet Union. I lived, <laughs> I lived literally across the street from East Germany. Guys with guns and towers pointing them at me when I would take a walk. That is what the, the right-wing billionaires and the think tanks are telling you will happen to us. This is what Ronald Reagan told us with the recording he made for the American Medical Association in opposition to Medicare back in 1965 would happen to us if we got a single-payer health care system. It's a lie. It's just a lie. And, and, you know, we have a single payer system in the United States, Medicare. We also have socialized medicine in the United States, which is the Veterans Administration, where the government actually owns the hospitals and pays the doctors. So we have both. And surprise, surprise, the surveys that are done of satisfaction with healthcare, the healthcare that's provided to you, the institution that has the highest level of satisfaction is the Veterans Administration, the socialized medicine in the United States. Um, but there you go. Got it. So what's the most important thing Americans can do today to take back their health care? Become politically active. This is a situation that we cannot individually solve. It's the reason why health care should be considered part of the commons. The commons is the stuff that government should have some province over. It's the stuff that none of us can do by ourselves or the place where the natural monopolies occur. Fire department, the police department, the public schools, the roads, the air and the water, um, the highways. These are all things that none of us could do individually, nor would we want to. Um, you know, uh, so, uh, and healthcare falls into that category. It's too large for any of us. It's too large even for a community. It's probably too large for some small states. So this is the appropriate province of government and uh, healthcare. 
or at least the payment of healthcare. Eventually, I, I hope we get there. I think, I think probably we will. Got it. Makes sense. Tom, is there anything else you wanted to say? Yeah, the, the, uh, you mentioned California going for a single-payer healthcare system. Vermont actually did that. Peter Shumlin was in the Senate. He ran for governor on a, camp, on a platform of single-payer. He was elected. They passed it through the House and Senate in Vermont. He signed the legislation into law, hired a friend of mine to put it into place. And what they discovered was that because back in 65, LBJ was worried that if Medicare money was sent to the southern states, they would take the money but refuse to serve black people. There's kind of an audit trail. I mean, it's not literally that. This is a huge generalization, but there's kind of an audit trail with both Medicare and Medicaid from the federal government to the consumer, making sure that that money isn't getting diverted and the people who you know are supposed to get it are getting it. And the result of that is that when Vermont said we're going to do a single payer system, that would have broken that audit trail because now with a single payer system, all the money's going into one pot and then all the payments go out of that one pot. And, and there's not that individual dollar from D.C. being tracked to Ralph on Main Street. And so Vermont would have ended up losing billions of dollars a year in money coming into the state for all of the people over 65 who are on Medicare and billions of dollars coming into the state for people, low-income working people who are on Medicaid. And that would have just broken the state. They couldn't, there's no way they could have raised taxes enough to cover all of that. Uh, to put into place a single-payer system. So what we need to be doing is contacting our legislators, our senators and representatives in, in Congress, and telling them to pass, and Democrats keep introducing legislation to do this, by the way. Everybody will know what you're talking about when you say this. Ask them to pass Medicare and Medicaid waivers for the states so that the individual states can put into place single-payer health care systems. This is how Canada got their national health care system. It started with Tommy Douglas in Saskatchewan, you know, Kiefer Sutherland's uh, uh, grandfather. And uh, it, it, it was in the 60s, and it was so successful in Saskatchewan that Alberta wanted it, and then, and then uh, British Columbia wanted it, and then it went to Ontario. You know, pretty soon it just spread across the country. And then the federal government jumped in to kind of backstop the individual provinces, but it's still run by each one of the individual provinces, the, the Medicare for All system that Canada has. And frankly, I think that that's probably the best way to do it in the United States. It, it, it also allows the, the whole you know, Jeffersonian laboratory of democracy idea of the states. You know, states will innovate and other states will imitate and other states will make mistakes and other states will avoid those mistakes. That's all good stuff. So this is how I think we should do it. I think it's the optimal way to do it. But we have to get that law changed so that the states with single payer systems will still have access to Medicare and Medicaid dollars. Got it. So do you think it's more likely that we'll do this on a state-by-state -state basis then? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Trying to do it at a national level, you are confronting a trillion-dollar industry with, with, uh, that the Supreme Court has said can pour unlimited amounts of money into the political system. That's going to be a real challenge. Doing it on a state-by-state -state basis where individual uh, state voters, particularly the smaller states, although like you know, California's already jumped into this and New York is talking about it, but like I said, Vermont passed it because it's a small state. It's retail politics. You know, you're going to have to confront your voters because you live in the, in the community. And, you know, it's a whole lot harder to just take a, you know, a whole pile of money from the healthcare industry and, and, and say no to people, you know, in a state than it is at the federal level. Thank you, Tom Hartman. Find more Code WAC episodes on ProgressiveVoices.com and on the PV app. You can also subscribe to Code WAC wherever you find your podcasts. This podcast is powered by Heal California, uplifting the voices of those fighting for healthcare reform around the country. 
I'm Brenda Gazar.